Um, today we are kicking off a brand new series, The Story. It's the Christmas story. And we're going to look at, through the season of Advent, I'm going to get us to focus our attention on some different main characters. Today we're going to look at Mary. Uh, next week we're going to look at Joseph. One of the weeks, I haven't decided which one yet, we're going to look at uh, the shepherds. And then one of the weeks we're going to look at the angels. And we're just going to kind of reflect on this a little bit. Uh, how these characters connect to the Christmas story and how they ultimately point our attention to the main character, who's of course Jesus, right? Who of course is Jesus. So we're going to be meditating on God's word as God deals with and works with some of these characters. And, and my prayer is that God would work on your heart in the thing that you need worked on as you engage his word as we look at these characters. So today we're going to be looking at Mary. We're going to be looking at Mary. So let me read this and then we're going to pray. And then we're going to dive into a, a pretty simple message today. Um, but it could quite honestly be a message that literally changes your entire life. And it's simple, but it, it's life-changing if you can catch up with what it's really saying. Here it is. In the sixth month, which is really referring there to Elizabeth's being pregnant. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel, and that comes up because in a little bit you'll see that that comes up. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled, she was greatly troubled at the saying, and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Holy smokes. Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, it's interesting, he answers her much softer than he answers Zechariah in the previous chapter when Zechariah asked a very similar question. I find that fascinating. But he's, he's gentler here. The angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Lord, or did I have a little bit more? 
Maybe it was a little bit more. And in those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this word. God, I know even as I deal with um, a text that's dealing with your earthly, your mother, <laughs> I want to be sensitive to that, Lord. And, and uh, I want to be, I want to honor her where she needs to be honored. But at the same point, obviously, Lord, all this comes back to you receiving all praise and all glory and all honor. And so I just pray that today uh, that would take place, that God, I would tremble at your word as I even get to share it with us today uh, so that I might, Lord, we desire to hear from you what you want to say to us today. So come and speak now to our, not just into our earlobes, but into our hearts, God, so that we'd be transformed, that we would come out believing something to be true, that maybe we didn't believe to be true this morning, that actually not just little tidbits of wisdom or thoughts from Seth would happen, but that your word would come and, and, and wash over us today and do a mighty work. That we would leave here today changed, God. That we'd leave here today emboldened or whatever we leave here with your word having accomplished. That's what I pray would happen. Please do that now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, what if, what if it is possible? What if it is possible? That's my question. What if it's possible? What if it's possible? If God says it, and this is pretty much my main point, so if you want to take a note and then leave, you could leave because this is it. If God says it, then it's possible. If God says it, then it's possible. That's the message today in a nutshell. If God says it, it's possible. Um, when God calls us to a challenge, like God calls Mary to an incredible challenge here. And I want us to just reflect on that. I want us to just sit and bask in that a little bit. You know, I've had some time this past week. Honestly, a lot of my sermon prep was in a deer stand. And I thought about Mary a lot sitting up in my deer stand this past week. And, and I just reflected on Mary hearing these, this word, this, it's a challenge. I mean, could you imagine being a young girl, young gal, lady? I don't know exactly your age, but this young girl bopping along life like she has no idea what's about to happen to her. She has, she has no clue. She's just, she's got her family, her friends. She's got her house, wherever she lives. And she's, she's got her life either planned or maybe she doesn't even have a clue about that. She has, she has no clue about what's going to happen. And an angel shows up and then gives her this incredible challenge where he says, something's about to happen to you that's going to like change your, everything's going to change. And I've just tried to bask in that this past week. I've tried to just sit on that and meditate on that and think about that. What would that feel like to receive a challenge like Mary receives? You're, what, what does the angel say to her? You're, you're favored. Man, I'd just be wondering even about that. You're favored. You're going to have a son. Okay. You know, I mean, this is Mary's response then. 
Um, you're going to be the son, the, the son is going to be the son of the most high. Uh, you're going to, this son is going to have the throne of David. He's going to have a, a kingdom that is eternal. And he's going to come and be in your womb. Um, he's going to be the king of an eternal kingdom. The son of the most high. God is going to come and dwell in you. Just imagine how Mary, is. what's she thinking? What's she feeling? What's she experiencing? Obviously, there's a lot of conjecture then, and you kind of, but just try to enter into that a little bit. Because as she receives this incredible challenge, it got me thinking about, honestly, not directly what the text is trying to say, but it, it still stirred up in me a question for us, something like, when God calls us to something challenging, what's our response? How do we respond when God calls us to a challenge that oftentimes has very few details? Notice, the angel doesn't give her much. I mean, if I'm Mary, I'm going to want to hear, uh, like, okay, there's the, the main points, angel. Now I need all the sub points, right? I mean, I'm going to need to know how. I'm going to need to know why. I'm going to need to know what. I'm going to need to know... All the sub-points that come with your main points, I need all of it, and the angel gives her none of it. He gives her this incredible challenge with very few details. And isn't that how God oftentimes works with us? Isn't it amazing how he will call us to a challenge and oftentimes give us very few details? In our series, what was it, last week or two weeks ago when I said, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light for my path. It's not necessarily a word that lights up, you know, the whole valley or something. It's, a, it's to my path. It's to my feet. It's for my next step. When God gives us a challenge, how are we going to respond? Last week, I actually... Uh, we, we hunt Sunday morning up in Wisconsin. We hunted, but then we always try to get, and we usually can make it happen unless we shoot a ton of deer Sunday morning. But this year, we only shot one deer Sunday morning, our whole group. So we were able to get to church, and we went to our church, uh, the church service of, of, that I grew up going to. And um, so I didn't get to listen into the live stream because it happened at the same time as our church service up there. But on the way home, uh, on the drive back to Texas, I pulled up the, the link and I listened to, to David's sermon last week, his message that he gave. And I thought it was so powerful as I'm hearing how he presented this idea of, of a word that comes to us, but that we then live out. It's not just information, but it really is transformation. God's word transforms us and we begin to live differently. We get new hearts. And I thought David just rocked that last week, that message. And so how do we hear a challenge from God, but then not only hear it, live it? You know, then hear what God is challenging in us, but then do what 
David kind of challenged us to last week, which is how do we step into that and start walking in that particular challenge that God might be calling us to? What are those challenges in your life that God is calling you to right now? What's God been saying to you? What's a challenge that he's been putting in front of you? A step that he's asking you to take. As you reflect on that, because I want to give you a second to do that, I get the sense God is calling us to some incredible challenges this next year as a church family. I really do. Um, as I've been kind of preparing my, my, my mind and my heart for 2023, for the dwelling, I think of a challenge like I really sense uh, as I try to read the Bible and do what, you know, some of these things like with others, so other people are speaking into it, keeping Jesus as the main thing, being in prayer about some of these things. I really get the sense that God is calling us as a church to potentially buy some property. And whether it's the property we're looking at right now or whether it's, um, whether it's maybe a different piece of property, I don't know exactly what God is saying there. But I get the sense God is calling us into that next year. And that brings with it an incredible challenge because to me, one of my, my, one of my most fearful thoughts with our church, with that, of either buying property and, and maybe doing, one of my biggest fears is that we would, we would lose, we would have mission drift and that we would begin to drift away from disconnected people that we're reaching with everything we got to, ah, uh, Finally, we've arrived at like land in a building as if that's like something great. That, that really concerns me. And I actually see a challenge God giving to us as a church that he might actually be calling us into something where the challenge is that we could, we could lose sight of what's really important. That might be a challenge that we have to face next year. And I actually think it is going to be a challenge we enter into. It's got me concerned, but it's a challenge with very few details that I sense God is calling us into that we're going to have to walk out and let the word be a lamp unto our feet. Another challenge I see next year coming is I really sense God is calling us as a church to plant another church. And so I'm going to be going to the, the voters meeting here coming up in a couple weeks to see if we can get a budget approved that would match what I sense God is saying to us as a leadership team and all these kinds of things to say, you know, we've already been part of four other church plants, uh, Lazarus Church, uh, Ignite, the, the Indian Congregation, Project 242, Pastor Trey, and, and my Savior, the, the Plum Grove efforts there. I sense God is calling us to bring in another church planter that we would be intricately part of and maybe even send some of us to be part of with another church planter. Maybe just north of here, maybe just south of here. That could be an incredible challenge. Incredible challenge of what God might be calling us to take a step in the direction of. You know, there's not a ton of details on that. But as a church, we might need to take a step into some of the challenges that might be before us, even as a church family this next year. Are we going to continue to, to, to reach out 
to the disconnected, to help move people from being disconnected to being disciples and followers of Jesus? And are we willing to potentially sacrifice to make some of that happen? Those are things we're wrestling with as a church family. I hope I've given you a little bit of time to think about you as an individual. Where is God maybe calling you into a challenge? Is it to get to know a neighbor? Is it to take cookies to the neighbor who's really annoying you? You know, some of us have that neighbor who cranks the music. Yeah, we got some amen. The first time I've gotten an amen all morning. You know, you got just the music cranked all the way up. Is God maybe calling you to, hey, I want you to actually, even though they're the most annoying thing on the planet, I want you to walk over there with some fresh cookies and give them cookies. I don't know if God's calling you to that. Is God calling you during this season of families start to come together and there's that person in your family who, who, who you in your heart and mind, as I, even as I say it, maybe you haven't thought it until this moment, but you actually feel you need to apologize to because of something that's happened years ago. Could God be calling you into a challenge where you're called to apologize to somebody? Could he be calling you into a challenge where he's calling you to forgive somebody? Could he be calling you into a challenge where where, where, where you, 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 you sell your home and you leave. You know, I have friends that are doing that right now and there's a part of them that doesn't want to do that. And yet they feel God is calling them to sell their home and move. Could God be calling you to that? Could God be calling you to sell your business? Could God be calling you to buy a business? I, I don't know. I, this is where... There's, it's, an, it's important, and I, I try to give us space and time to process and listen to what God might be saying to you. Is God calling you to an incredible challenge with very few details? And the question is then going to be, how do we respond? What is that for you? Maybe it's inviting somebody over. It's, you know, it's, you've, 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 look at, you've, you've gone through this season of Thanksgiving and you're thankful for all this stuff that you have and now you're like, okay, as I enter into Christmas, what might it be to open up my, my home or my life to somebody? And I'm an introvert, so I don't know how to do that. Help me, God, know how to engage a challenge of, of opening my life up a little bit to somebody. I don't know, is that it? Could God be calling you to two or three or seven challenges? Fine, I don't know. All I'm saying is when God calls us to challenging things, which I think he often does with very few details, how are we going to respond? See, our culture comes up against challenging things as well. And again, not just challenging like suffering things. It could just be any kind of challenge. And our culture is teaching us ways in which we deal with those challenges. And, I mean, to boil it down really simply without getting crazy philosophically or something, I think our culture basically is teaching us that when you come up against a challenge of sorts, you are to dig down inside and you are to make it happen. Whatever that thing is. 
You're supposed to dig down deep and, and kind of rise up. Every Disney princess movie is kind of like this. Rise up and go make it happen. I got a quick video clip. I want you to see this as an Adidas commercial that I think kind of pushes this a little bit. Here it is. campaign that they started, I think, in 2004. That's Adidas. Uh, impossible is nothing. This is what our culture teaches you. It's constant around every corner. It's teaching you to just do it yourself. And what this typically, what, what typically happens is it creates a situation where one of two things happens. Either you accomplish that thing and you become prideful or you can't accomplish that thing and you become despairing. Which is why, especially in the West, we're full of really prideful and really despairing people. Because we're taught, when it comes to challenges that are in front of us, you go make it happen. You dig down, you get the eyes like that guy, you get the right shoes, you just... And you go do it. The question I have for us is, what, when we come up against challenges, what is God calling us to do? And it's simply this. Followers of Jesus respond by asking the question, what's God saying? What's God doing? Because the angel, when Mary asks the angel, How's this possible? She knows how babies are made. She knows she's not going to break the law and that God wouldn't ask her to break the law to make something like a son happen. She's like, how's this going to be possible? And the angel answered with what? God. That's the answer. God. God's going to be the one to do this. With God, all things are possible. But see, that that phrase even, you know that phrase, with God all things are possible. But, but see, you've got to understand what it doesn't mean. With God all things are possible, that's not to be like slapped onto kids' jerseys, you know, as they're playing baseball. With God all things are possible, buddy. Well, actually, little Timmy just might suck at baseball and he's never going to hit the thing. Because the context here, see, this is where people misquote this. The context here is not with God all things are possible, so go make it happen. The context is God is saying something and doing something 
With God, all things are possible. You're never going to be the president of China or whatever it is over there, king of China. Not happening. And see, our culture would fight me on that. Well, I could. I could if I really tried really hard. Yeah, that's because you've bought into this idea that you just got to dig deep down and if you work hard enough and practice hard enough, I can be anything and do anything and all this kind of stuff. And I'm not like, I'm not saying, I mean, I teach my kids, work hard, try to do, get good. Yeah, you want to be in the NFL, you're going to have to work your tail off. All that stuff, fine. That's not what I'm necessarily railing against. I'm railing against this philosophical religious-like idea that you've come to believe because we watch TV and we get inundated all around us about what might be, what might be possible? How is it possible? Where do I turn when I come up against a challenge? Our world turns, well, not even our world, right? Really, the West especially, uh, the East turns to a different thing, but especially in the West, we turn inside of ourselves and we look to our own strength, and it's about us. And as Christians, I'm simply asking the question, what are we called to? And I'm suggesting we look with Mary. We're called to see what God is saying, what God is doing. And that, what God is saying, what God is asking you to do, what God is calling you into, that is possible. See, even if what he's calling you into and asking you to is completely impossible by standards of the world, like a virgin birth, a sinful woman who is who's a, 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 like anybody else in the world, but called to bear the Son of God. This challenge that gets put in front of us, that seems impossible, it is possible when the Word of God has been spoken and He says, this is where we're going. This is what we're doing. So, if you still aren't sure what God is saying to you, you might need to sit and reflect and pray and wonder, this is why our vision here at the dwelling is what? The two words, gathering and going. And so you may, if you're not sure, what is he saying? I don't know what he's saying. Well, you might have to open up your Bible. You might have to get the little Advent log or not the Advent log and take the little card and spend some time in God's word or resist all of that and do your own thing. I don't care, but open up the word and gather and hear and listen to what God might be saying and then go, go. And when that word has been given, oh baby. See, when the, the impossible becomes possible because God has said it, when you have that bad boy, when you got that, then join in with Abraham who has no details, but God has said, I want you to go and rise up and go. When you have that word, then with full confidence, like Joshua, who just lost his, his leader and mentor and got, Moses is dead, then Joshua chapter one, then rise up 
Okay, go look at it. Joshua 1 verse 1. Powerful stuff. Then rise up and go do what God is calling you to do. When you've been given that word, see, then nothing can stop you. Nothing. You might not have all the details. You might not have everything figured out. You might not know exactly where the, the next steps are after the next step. But when God has given you what he's telling you to do and he's saying, listen, I know that the neighbor is annoying. I know it makes no sense that I'd go and make them cookies. And yet if God is calling you to that word, if you're, you're sensing him saying that, he's sensing he's doing that, then rise up, nothing's gonna stop you. It will be accomplished because God is doing it. This isn't time to make something happen. This is a time to enter into what God is saying and what God is doing. And that's really what Mary does here. Mary responds in chapter thir uh, verse 38. She responds with what? Mary said, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. I love that posture. I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be according, let it be to me according to what? Your word. Let me enter into the scenario, to the what's going on. Let me enter into making cookies for my neighbor. Let me enter into forgiving somebody I don't want to forgive. Let me enter into whatever it might be that God's calling you into. Let me enter into that because it won't be the Adidas commercial then. What it will be is entering into what God is going to accomplish. And when it's what God's going to accomplish, then what's impossible becomes possible. I was thinking about some of you who maybe aren't Christians. Maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're, not a, uh, maybe you're an atheist, you're agnostic or a skeptic, and you're wondering even something like, how could I become a Christian even? Even if I wanted to become a Christian, how would that even work? How would that even look and work? And here's the deal. If God were to be giving you that challenge today and putting in front of you something like, I want you to follow me, and you're like, you run through in your mind everything in which would say that's impossible. It's impossible. I know some of your testimonies and some of you, when you reflect back on your pre-Christian days, you're like, I would, laugh, I would laugh if I knew where I am today, Amen. right? Because you're like, there's no way that would happen. It's impossible that that could take place. And here's the deal. On your own, it is impossible. And that's why today, if you're like, I don't know how it would even be possible to become a follower of Jesus. What's, what makes it possible is that the word of God is calling you into that. That Jesus actually died for you. He rose from the dead for you. Just last night, I was thinking of how to end this message. And last night in our family devotions, as we've been walking through the one-year Bible reading plan on the Dwellings website, there's my little pitch for that. We've been reading through that. It's taken us a year and a half, but hey, that's okay. As we've been reading through the one-year Bible reading plan, last night's text was John chapter 6, and we just sat, or at least I did, and we talked about it. John chapter 6, verse 37, when Jesus says, if you come to me, if you come to me, I will never push you away. 
If you come to me, I'll never push you away. And I was like, I have to bring that into my message tomorrow because that's this part where like, if you're like, how could I ever become a Christian? The word of God makes it possible when Jesus says, if you come to me, I'll never push you away. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what you even are thinking right now. If you come to me, Jesus says, I won't push you away. What a promise. What a promise that we can take. What a promise for me. I'm a follower of Jesus and I latched onto that promise last night. Okay, Lord, I wanna come to you. You're not gonna push me away. You're not gonna push me away. I can come to you. Wow. Maybe the challenge that's in front of you today is follow me. Not me, Jesus saying that. Come follow me. And you're like, there's no way. I have no idea how. Jesus says, it's actually impossible. But with me, what I have done for you, it's possible. Even that's possible. Holy smokes. What's God calling us to? Church family? As a family, as a community, what's he calling us to? Let's keep wrestling with that. As individuals or maybe as your family, what's God calling you to? With God, if God is saying it, if God is doing it, it's possible. It's possible. Let's try to catch up with what he's saying, what he's doing. Let's leave behind us the elementary, the, the little baby-like things where we try to do our own thing. I'm gonna go create my own little stuff, God. I wanna do me. I wanna, I wanna make stuff happen on my own. Let's leave that behind us. Let's catch up with what he's doing so we get to be part of impossible things that become possible because he's doing it. Okay, let's pray. I think you get it. I do, I think, I, I think you get it. Lord, I'm amazed that you would allow us to be part of impossible things becoming possible. I'm amazed by that. I'm amazed at how you used Mary to do this incredibly wonderful thing of coming into the world. We haven't even talked about that. We, there's a sense in which I feel like we haven't even talked about the main point of this text. But God, as we enter into this season of Advent where we are reflecting weekly on this idea of you coming, Emmanuel, God with us, as we reflect on that and what it means for my life and what it means for us as individuals or as a church family or whatever it might be, God, we just, we, we want to open ourselves up to what you're doing. God, as I think about the challenge that maybe, my prayer is that I don't know, half the people in this room were able to come to bring to mind, really just because of your spirit moving. I pray everybody, but God, may there be a significant group of people in here who your spirit has stirred up to the challenge that you're putting in front of their life. Maybe it's a, little, maybe it's a kid in here. Maybe it's a kid in here that got stirred up to be a friend to somebody at school that's been being mean to them. I don't know, but God, whatever the stirring is that you've stirred up in us, help us to leave here, Lord, knowing that with you, it really is possible. 
Forgive me, Lord. I'm so sorry for where I have looked at things in front of me that you're calling me into and where I have said, it can't happen. I'm sorry for that, Lord. Forgive me. Forgive our church family. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin and our shortcomings. Forgive us, Lord, and thank you that you do forgive us. Lord, I pray for that person in the room or that person watching online or those people in the room or those people watching online. I pray for those who, who, who are kind of on the fence about, I don't know, I don't know if it's even possible to follow you, Jesus. I just pray that you'd stir that person up to see that apart from you, it is impossible. But because of what you've done, because you've died for them and you love them and you're even stirring up in their heart now to, 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 to draw closer to you. Move that person, Lord. Move those people to see that if they draw near to you, you will not push them away. You've already drawn near to them in your coming and in your dying and in your saving. We love you, Lord. We pray this all in Jesus' name, amen.